Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team the following is a presentation of treasure island baseball Network. before a celebration like this and a 2-0 pitch he swings and hammers left field and deep open up the gates we're going home there are key decisions made every day throughout the organization and on the diamond this is the show that gives you inside access to everything surrounding your favorite team it's inside twins brought to you by continental diamond home of the best diamonds outside of target field Here's your host of Inside Twins, Corey Provis. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Inside Twins. We are live here at Target Field. It's the home finale. Twins and the Mariners one more time to wrap up this weekend series rubber game. Coming up at 110 Central Time. This program up until the bottom of the hour. Chris has the pregame show at 1230, then game three between the Twins and the Mariners. The pitching matchup will feature Hector Santiago today for the Twins and right-hander Taiwan Walker going for Seattle. I'm Corey Provis, and you can reach us two ways by email at Twins Baseball or inside twins at twinsbaseball.com or via Twitter, hashtag inside twins. And our guest on the program on this Sunday afternoon is the interim GM of the Minnesota Twins. Always great to chat with Rob Anthony. Rob, how are you? I'm doing all right, Corey. Well, Rob, we'll get to uh, baseball. We'll get to the game, but uh, let's uh, let's begin the show, I think, where we have to today, and that's the the shocking and, and sad news that we all learned early this morning uh, on, on the passing of Jose Fernandez, uh, such a young talent, a dominant arm, a blossoming ace in the game, and a heck of a kid, a heck of a story. Just your thoughts and your reaction when you got word and you saw the news this morning. Well, it was shocking. You know, I, I guess when these things happen, the first thing you think about is, is, you know, the people talk about what a great pitcher he was and what he meant to the florida marlins and all that but you know then you stop and think that he's somebody's brother and son and and soon to be father and and, uh you know it's just tragic when you lose lose a person like that a young talent like that but uh the game the game it's it's one of those things where everybody in the game it, it impacts in one way or another because you empathize with everybody in our clubhouse you think about it could be one of our players one of our you know one of their teammates and you just never know Defected from Cuba at the age of 15, and uh, his his defection is worth its own segment. Just the the, the tough ordeal that he and his family went through uh, to defect. But he went to high school in the States, and did you have a chance to see him early in his prep career? And, and how much interaction did you have with the role that, that you've had here with the Twins now for a long time? I did not personally scout him, but I know I was in the draft room when, when he was drafted. 
um, he was highly thought of. And, you know, there's no question this guy had all kinds of talent, and he had the potential to be a, a front-line starter, and, and he's one of the success stories, one of the guys who actually panned out, did all the things that you thought he might be able to do, and and he really established himself as a, a young star in our game. Did you have, and you watch him pitch, did he have this throwback mentality that he was tough, he had presence, he would throw inside, he hit a guy, he would also enjoy swinging the bat, that he had some flair and he had some passion. And I hear Jack and Bert talk about that a lot from their playing days. Did he have some of that, too, when he watched him as a player? Yeah, we talk about the word makeup, which can be all-encompassing, but he, he had the competitive makeup, the guy who was out there, and he had the pitches to get people out. But when he was on the mound, you could see that he was it was really just a battle, him and the batter, and I'm going to get you out, and I'm going to do what it needs to be done. And if you're crowding the plate or you're taking a big swing, I'll come inside on you. And those are things that you really like to see in a pitcher. You like to see somebody who nobody really wants to go up there and hit against because he's got stuff that can strike you out and can really make a hitter look bad. But also he has some of the intangibles that you like to see in a pitcher, the competitiveness, the guy that you want to go to war with, and, and the guy that when he takes the mound, you feel good about winning that game. And and it's hard when you look at a young pitcher like that. Whenever you look at a high school player, it's so far. The, the journey can take a long time. His journey didn't take long because of a lot of his intangibles. And it's something that I know all teams strive for, homegrown, and that you're not just acquiring a blossoming ace. You're not just paying handsomely for a blossoming ace, or at that point, maybe just an ace, period. Homegrown, and here was a guy that was going to be dominant for a long, long time. Yeah, it's always extra special. When you draft a player, he comes through your system, and he becomes a successful major leaguer and, and blossoms into a star. It, it's always especially gratifying for everybody who had a part in that, whether it's the scout the scouting staff that drafted him, the player development people who helped him along the way. And they're not they're not finished products. I've said it many times. And he got to the big leagues, and there were people in the major leagues who helped him uh, to, to develop into what he, what he became. Only 24 years old, so tragic, and not just here at Target Field, but throughout the game today. All teams will hold a moment of silence uh, before their respective games, and the Marlins did cancel their game with the Atlanta Braves already today in South Florida. We'll step aside and shift gears and get back to the Twins next on your home for Twins baseball. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Welcome back, Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. The rubber game of this series coming up here today on a sunny Sunday. We do have sunshine finally here at the ballpark after a rainy, rainy week. It'll be Hector Santiago for the Twins and Taiwan Walker going for Seattle. Rob, I guess generally speaking, as uh, as we wrap up the home portion of the season today, uh, just first off, give me your thoughts on, on the season as a whole. It's not over yet, still a week left to be played, but you do kind of put a cap on the home schedule after today. Yeah, I guess the word disappointing would come to mind. We had, we believed we were going to do much better than we did this year. We were hoping to be in contention to the to the very end and hopefully get into the playoffs we came close last year and we took a giant step backwards this year and that's disappointing there's a lot of a lot of things that we're going to have to look back on we're going to have to see what we need to do differently we're going to have to make changes and some major changes have already taken place so uh, now it's up to the organization to to 
uh, get the right people in place and, and try and move forward and, and get us back to where we want to be. After one of the losses this week, uh, Brian Dozier was was pretty candid. I believe this was after the the, the second loss, the doubleheader to the Tigers, about uh, some of the games of late. He used the word embarrassed. Is that accurate? Is he right? Is that the right thing to say? Well, from a player's perspective, I would hope some of the players are embarrassed because I, I honestly believe that some watching the last week or two, it looks like some players are just playing the string out, and that's that's very disappointing. And we have a clubhouse full of what we believe should be and need to be professional players who come out every day when fans come to see them play. They owe to the fans. They have a job to do. And I know it's human nature when you're out of the race and you start to look and, and look forward to the season ending so that you can just start over next year. I understand that part of it, but I think it's everybody's job to continue to go out every day, do their best to try and win that game, and be prepared to try and win that game. And what some of these players don't maybe understand is that they're being evaluated. And what happens these last few weeks can go a long way towards how we judge uh, if they're going to be part of things in the future. I'm glad you brought up that word evaluated because Paul did, and I saw you leaving the, the, the coaches' offices, and this was before Paul's uh, daily media session, that you did have a sit-down with the coaching staff going through basically the 40-man roster was my understanding. I don't know how much you can reveal, but the, the bulk of that conversation, what did you take away, and, and how much dialogue was there between yourself and the coaches? I think we had a lot of dialogue, and it was it was a positive for me because we went through everybody on our roster, and we see things from you know up above watching the game, and we look at numbers. We look at a lot of different things. We have scouting reports, but I think it's invaluable to talk to Paul and his staff. They're in the clubhouse with these guys day in, day out, and they can give us a perspective and, and maybe give us some information that we don't see on a daily basis or or have. And I think you need to put all that into play, and it all, it, it's all part of the evaluation process. But, um, you know, I, I think I got a pretty good idea from Paul and the coaching staff on where they stand and how they see how uh, some players fitting, not fitting, and, and where we're headed uh, going forward. And as you went through that, that, that process, that 40-man, say you had a column, on one side, you had part of the solution. The other side, you had part of the problem. Did you have more in one column? I think it was more a matter of who who are we counting on? Who do we believe is ready and, and can be counted on and can be the core of our club next year and in the future? And who are guys that we don't think uh, are part of that? Who do we need? Where do we need to upgrade? Um, where did we fall short this year? Um, how close is somebody to being a reliable player for us? and or not close. Uh, so it it goes a lot deeper than that. It's not a, a simple, you know, left side are the good guys and right side are the bad guys. Um, but, there, you know, you talk about we have to make decisions. There's roster management. Who should stay on the 40-man roster? Who should we entertain? Maybe moving. Who doesn't fit? Who can be a fit? Who do we need to make room for? Um, what's coming? Who do we need to put on the roster? Those types of things. Um you know, some of that we share with them because they don't know as much about some of the minor league players that we're going to need to add to the roster. But when we do that, how is it going to impact the roster as it stands now? All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, I want to start with something you just said about guys that are coming. You know, during that process, who are some guys that you think could be impactful, you know, maybe even some names, positions they play, and how impactful they could be as early as 2017? We'll get back to that. 
More with Rob Anthony next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back, Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. We continue our chat with Rob Anthony, and you brought up a good topic there before the break about looking ahead to 2017. And, guys, you do have to add to the 40-man based on the Rule 5 draft that will take place in December. Who are some of the guys that, that are on your radar that could be impactful as early as, early as next summer? Well, I don't really want to get into names because okay. if we decide not to put them on the roster, it's not something that you really want to advertise to everybody else because you could lose them in the Rule 5 draft. But one of the toughest things is when you try and determine that is, number one, is that player ready to make to, to play in the big leagues? A lot of times the answer is no, but the other part of it is, could he be selected and that team be able to hide him or... Uh, use him because they're in a situation where, say it's a pitcher, they can stick him in the bullpen like we did with Johan Santana. His first year, we put him out there. We used him kind of in mop-up situations, but we really liked his potential. And some players, maybe they have some versatility. They're a really good defender, but they're not ready to hit in the big leagues. You can use them as an extra outfielder or infielder. And so you really have to go through and and pick out the guys that, A, you don't want to lose, but you also can't have a roster full of players who, if you need to go get somebody, you don't believe they're ready to compete in the big leagues either. How close were you, speaking of getting somebody, when Max Kepler tweaked his neck the other day and you saw Eduardo Escobar go out to left field? Was was Adam Brett Walker even an option, a guy that's on the roster while Rochester's season has been over for a couple of weeks? Was that was that at all a possibility? Yeah, it was a possibility. I, I checked with the trainers. I had about three conversations before the game was even over with them. And when he was examined by the doctor and, and they termed it a very mild strain that, you know, he could be back in a day or so, then uh, we kind of put the talk on hold. But that was the first thing that came to mind, and he would have probably been the logical guy to go get. When minor leaguers have their seasons end and, and guys that aren't participating in the fall league, are they told, hey, just just be ready? You know, you, you never know what could happen, or do they just kind of shut it down and start eating some Cheetos? <laughs> I, hope, I hope they're not on the Cheetos program right. in the off season. But I think a lot of guys, you know, it's been a long season, and there's uh, some disappointment, especially guys who are considered but aren't brought up in September, that, you know, they go home and, and they start to kind of break it down and give their body a little bit of a rest. So, if you did have to go get a player like that, I don't think it would be. It would take them long to really kind of get back into things, and and we have enough bodies that it's, uh, you know, that player probably won't be asked to jump right into the lineup. They could come in, take BP, and and probably get an opportunity maybe to get into a game or two before the season ended. After a week from today, the Twins wrap up the season in Chicago. After that, what's next for you? What 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 will your day be like the next day, the next week, and and what you'll have to do day in and day out. Well, we're going to have a lot of meetings, and we're going to have to discuss a lot of things. Like I like I mentioned earlier, um, there needs to be some resolution to who's going to be running our baseball operations department, and hopefully that will, will uh, be resolved and there will be some announcement sooner rather than later. But uh, at that point, whoever is in charge is going to have to make some decisions and, and start looking at, at their staff as well as our major league staff. We, we're going to have to, the day after the season, we always meet with the coaches. Um, I plan on doing that next Monday and just talking with them. Um, you know, but 
until some things are resolved, a lot of things are going to be pending. All right. Uh, we'll take our last break, and when we come back, Rob's been in the hot seat all year, and this is something that Rob has asked to do, so we're going to try it. Rob is going to be the one leading the conversation for the last segment of the show. We'll have some fun with that as we wrap up Inside Twins with Rob Anthony next on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Nothing Carolina. Welcome back, Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. You've been requesting this now for a while. When can I ask you some questions? And this is your last show today as we're going to do kind of a, a roundtable with Danny, Dick, Bird, and myself uh, next Sunday in Chicago. So, Rob, we have about three and a half minutes. The floor is yours, my friend. All right, question for you. 56-99, yeah. and 99, how tough is it when you're going through a game and things aren't going well like two days ago? Yeah. What do you talk about, and how do you handle that? Well, Danny's lived a very interesting life, so we, we often go down that road. We try to tell a tale that, and just when you think you've pulled every onion, every layer, there's always something juicy that's out there. We keep it fun. We try to, honestly, we keep it fun. Where There are three things we try and do every day, inform, educate, entertain. And sometimes the entertainment has to be put aside, like last night, because it was a very compelling, you know, quickly played game, but... We, we try to still have some fun and, and, and share some laughs when we can. Do you get frustrated? Oh, yeah. How oh, you, yeah. How do you keep that in check? I, the other night, uh, where were we when uh, we gave up another late home run, another late hit? The wild pitches has been a, <laughs> has been a tough one to, to see happen time and time again. And once in a while with the call, I, I just say I can't believe that happened or it happened again. And it's human nature, and you have to react like the fan probably is and, and, and just kind of do that once in a while. How tough is it to work with different partners since Danny takes so many vacations during the course of the year? Whoa, so many. Now, his contract says... Oh, it's three special assignments, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. It's not on vacation. When he's on special he's assignment. On special assignment. That's the way that it's uh, that it's labeled. It's all the same. We we have great chemistry. We Whether it's Danny, Chris, uh, we have fun. We just, we just laugh and... Um, you know, I don't get too much into the analysis myself because uh, I'm not comfortable with doing that too often, talking about guys route running and all that. I let, you know, Danny's a, a star at doing that, so I let him kind of shine when it comes to strategy and analysis and uh, just kind of call the play. You know, we talk about a team kind of coming together and, and, you know, over a course of time and experience. How How is it different between you and Danny from the first year that you two were together to now? Great question. Great question. I don't think we step on each other nearly as much. I think we can pick up when we're done based on inflection, based on the play, based on timing. And after five years now, I think that we have just a real good feel for when we're, we're, when we're done, that it, it rarely happens. It happens once in a while. But if you go back and, and listen to, to probably games from year one, it happened quite often. But that's the thing about baseball. There's so many games, chemistry forms quickly, and you do it enough with the same with the same colleague, the same partner, you're going to start clicking pretty soon. Well, I've been fortunate enough to be at most of the games, but when I have listened to you guys on the radio, I think you guys do a good job. So I'll, I'll end it on a compliment to you and to Danny and, and to Chris and, and the entire gang here and, and uh, appreciate what you guys do. Thank you, and we have about a minute left uh, in, in, the, in the show today, but thank you for all your time uh, throughout the summer. It was a, it was a, a trying year, an emotional year. Uh, with what happened to Terry earlier in the summer, but you handled everything great. You wanted a chance to, to be in that chair, and you did a great job. Well, I appreciate that, and when I do these shows, I try and be as honest and candid and, 
and give the fans as much information as possible. Sometimes it's difficult because you need to step around some some delicate things, but I appreciate you know you've done a nice job kind of setting things up, and and uh, I appreciate our fans. I mean, there aren't many clubs where we are where we are, and we when we have twenty three, twenty four thousand fans out there, we've had tremendous support, and hopefully we can reward them in the next year. Thanks again for your time every Sunday. Always appreciate it. Thanks, Corey. Now, Rob Anthony, we thank him for joining us again. A special edition of Inside Twins a week from today in Chicago. Kind of a broadcasters roundtable to wrap up the season with Danny, myself, Dick. And Bert should have some fun with that from Chicago next weekend. We thank you for listening. Baseball coming up here on a beautiful Sunday at Target Field. Twins and the Mariners, rubber game of this series. It'll be Hector Santiago for the Twins and Taiwan Walker for Seattle. Stay tuned. Chris Atterbury in the pregame show is next right here on your home for Minnesota Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins. Brought to you by Continental Diamonds, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.